At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to Point Spread Saturday here on VEASAN. I'm Mark Zinno. Thank you so much for spending your Saturday morning with us here on the Sports Betting Network. Uh, we will get back uh, to the rest of the board coming up here before the end of the show. I'll give my best bets as well. Sam Paniotovich of, of v- I'm sorry, Nesson rather, and Fox will join us. Uh, Sam, a fantastic, fantastic handicapper, has got an amazing uh, sports betting podcast called Chicken Dinner. We'll get to that coming up here with all of his side total props coming up. For Super Bowl 56. Let's get back into the big game coming up here next Sunday. Rams and Bengals from SoFi Stadium in L.A. Uh, and some of the props that are out there now. Uh, there is one bet that I've already made. Uh, I have leans. I, I know where I want to go. Kind of just waiting to see how some things shake out this week between you know, the bye week uh, for the Super Bowl is always weird from a betting standpoint because you clearly get the early rush of money uh, right after the lines post. And then everything dies down. It sort of settles in for a three or four day period. And you got to wait until next week when you start to see some action again. Uh, and as I said at the top of the show, I am not surprised at all to see where this line opened at and how quickly it moved in favor of the Rams. I, I think objectively, you can look at it and say the Rams are a more complete team. I think they're a more talented team from, you know, from a roster standpoint, one to 53. Clearly they have had a better uh, go of it all season long, um, despite what records say, despite who they've beaten, it's just been a more complete pro- product overall from the LA Rams. So I get the early money coming in on Los Angeles, but I also understand it from the standpoint objectively, as I said earlier, you could argue the Bengals shouldn't even be here. Um, they had three razor thin margin of victories, uh, all three of them coming down to the final play of the game just to get to the Super Bowl. Remember, against the Las Vegas Raiders, it came down to the final play. And if it wasn't for, you know, maybe some bad officiating earlier in the game, maybe you get a different outcome. Uh, and certainly poor clock management by the interim head coach of the Raiders, Ritz Bisaccia. Uh, why you would save a timeout and keep it in your back pocket, I have no idea. But regardless of all that, you know, the Bengals squeak by uh, on a one-score game. They go to overtime against Tennessee. Tennessee didn't play the greatest game. You give credit to Cincinnati for hanging on and finding a way to win it, but they go to overtime. They could have lost that game. And again, overtime in a game where they had to erase an 18-point deficit, uh, matching the largest deficit in an AFC championship game in NFL history. Uh, and and to, to send that game to overtime, and you, you get the worst half, worst second half of Patrick Mahomes' career uh, in order to get over the hump. And so... There's a lot of argument that Cincinnati 
doesn't even belong in this game objectively. And that's part of what you have to do when you're placing a wager is remove all the emotion. Oh, look, they're so much fun to watch. And their quarterback wears cool glasses and he's got big jewelry. And I mean, none of that stuff matters objectively. Their margin of victory has been very, very small. All three of those games have gone under. This isn't the offensive powerhouse that we're used to seeing um, or that what we think they are between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So there is a, a little bit of that into this and why people are backing the Rams to the extent that they are. So, again, I'm going to lean on Cincinnati at this point, especially at the number at four and a half. Um, and I think in general, you know, uh, four and a half, you start to get to a spot where four and a half and, and you get the sense that six are the same number, right? Five is a dead number, always has been. Um, and, and even throughout the last 20 years, um, only 7% of the time has, has a game ever landed on five as a differential. So it's just not a lot, comparatively speaking, to three, four, six, seven kind of numbers. Um, so you, you get in that little dead zone where we are right now. Regardless of all that, uh, the one bet that I have made at this point in time and the one bet that I'm locked into is one prop, and that is Joe Burrow's rushing yards at over 11 and a half. This seems to me like a gift, an absolute gift from bookmakers. Cleared this total easily last game. In fact, he did it in one run last game, and I think he can do it again. What we do know is that Cincinnati's offensive line is bad. They gave up nine sacks in the game against Tennessee. They only gave up one sack in the game against since uh, in the game against Kansas City, rather. And what has Joe Burrow learned? And what he learned in in the game from Cincinnati from Tennessee to Kansas City is that you know what? I don't have to take a sack. I can tuck it down and run, and at least try to net some yardage for my team. And I think that is incredibly important. The Rams have a better front seven than the Chiefs do. I expect them to be in the backfield against this average to below average to bad offensive line for a better part of Super Bowl 56. Joe Burrow knows that he can take off and run and help his team win games. He doesn't have to stand back there. Uh, and, and since he's got that in his back pocket, and again, this isn't week five where the mantra is going to be, hey, man, just slide and avoid injury and just get us some yards. This is the Super Bowl. The mantra will be, I'm going to lower my shoulder and dive forward because there is no tomorrow after this game. I don't have to worry about anything. You know, if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. It just is what it is. The game is likely not going to go in their favor anyway. So there's that mentality about this thing. And Joe Burrow clearing 11 and a half yards, again, seems like a gift from oddsmakers. It was only five and a half last game. So it's really hard to get it to jump into the 20s just based off of one performance. I did think it was going to be in the high teens. I thought it would be 17, 18 kind of number, um, probably inching closer to 20. But at 11 and a half, this just seems way too easy for me. Uh, and I'm gonna, I've already backed it again. I'm on Joe Burrow, over 11 and a half rushing yards. That's the one bet that I've locked in already. Uh, I feel that confident in it at this point in time. Want to take a look at some other props, though, in this game here. And if you look at some of the other props that I'm leaning towards, uh, a couple of them from a receiving standpoint. Jamar Chase to the Bengals, over five and a half receptions. He hit this number last week. The Bengals will force the ball his way. Joe Burrow will force the ball his way. I didn't like his yardage prop, and I won't bet it again. I didn't bet it last week because Kansas City held to a very simple idea. We're going to let Jamar Chase catch the ball. We're just not going to let him run after the catch. And that's exactly what happened. And I think that the Rams will do the same thing. We'll let him catch it. We'll give him a three-yard cushion, let him catch the ball. But we're going to make sure that we're there to tackle him. So I'm not feeling confident on his receiving yards. But I do like the fact that he'll go over five and a half again. This number hasn't moved, even though he's cleared it, I think, each of the last two weeks. Uh, I'll, I'll do it again. I'll go back to the well with it one more time. 
Speaking of going back to the well, I'm going to back Odell Beckham Jr. again this week, not only on his receptions prop, but on his yardage prop. Now, this prop has gone up for Odell Beckham Jr. It was three and a half against the Buccaneers. It was four and a half against the Niners. In the Buccaneers game, he cleared it by the midway of the second quarter. Um, against the Niners, I think he had it done by the first half. This number is now up to five and a half. He's going to go over it again. And here's one simple reason why. And Matt Stafford has learned this about Odell Beckham Jr., especially in the postseason. 60% of Odell Beckham Jr.'s catches this postseason have netted a first down for the Rams. He is the third down guy that Matt Stafford is going to look towards. He's the best hands guy on that team. He's the best possession receiver on that team. And he's sort of filling that Robert Woods role where he can run those quick slants for four yards, five yards on third and three. And Stafford has all the confidence in the world to throw the ball to him, and he's going to catch it. So uh, I think Odell Beckham Jr. going over five and a half uh, is is it another one that I'm really leaning on. And I think absolutely uh, being a yards after the catch guy that he is going to be able to get over 64 yards. Why? Because here's the difference between Cincinnati and Jamar Chase and the Rams and Odell Beckham Jr. Cooper Cup's still running around. And Cooper Cup, if you don't want to avoid him getting 150 yards, you're going to have to leave Odell Beckham Jr. one-on-one for a certain amount of coverage or at least have somebody bracketed over the top. And that'll leave Odell a little bit of room to grab some yards after the catch because if, if if you double down on Odell and you ignore Cooper Cup, you're going to get burnt. And I think Cincinnati would look at this and say, we're not going to let Cooper Cup beat us. That's the one guy we're not going to let go off today and cost us a Super Bowl. So I'll take Odell Beckham Jr.'s over receptions and over uh, receiving yards. Uh, That's where I'm leaning as well. And there's one more other prop that I found very interesting. And again, I think this will tell you a lot about game script. If we could put it up, Joe Mixon's combined rushing and receiving yards at 95 and a half. I think this is very, very interesting. It's not something I'm going to play, but I would tell you this will give you an idea of game script and how the game will unfold and whether Cincinnati really has a shot. If Mixon goes over this, it's because he's the back that is being used on a routine basis, which is good for Cincinnati because he's one of their best playmakers behind Jamar Chase. Rather, he's their second best playmaker, and he's the guy who needs the ball in his hand to make things happen. And I would tell you, if he's going to go over this thing, it's because he's got close to 70 or 80 yards rushing. And that means the Bengals are doing the smart thing. They are running the football. It doesn't bode well for this Bengals team to not have a successful running game, despite the fact that they only average about 100 rushing yards per game. When they went through the middle part of their season and they were winning games regularly, it was when Joe Mixon was averaging over 100 yards per game and finding the end zone. If Zach Taylor, who isn't all that smart from where I sit, should be smart enough to give Joe Mixon the ball more often than not. And the easiest way to keep the Rams from scoring is to keep that offense off the field. Look at the 21-point hole he dug himself early on by trying to throw the ball and play catch-up with Kansas City. It's a bad recipe. But again, I don't give Zach Taylor a ton of credit as a head coach. I don't think he's very smart. Uh, I think his in-game management skills are terrible. And so Joe Mixon going over this total bodes very well for the Bengals. It bodes very well for them to win this game outright uh, and certainly cover this thing. But if he gets away from Joe Mixon, it's a bad sign for the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think you're relying on Joe Mixon's rushing yards to come in and the receiving yards prop under 100. If he's over if he's over 100 total yards on the ground and in the air, things are going well for the Bengals. One other quick note, uh, anytime touchdown prop where I'm going to put my money, and again, this sort of reflects on Zach Taylor not being the brightest guy in the world, but Samaj P. Ryan, anytime touchdown. I think it's at plus 320, uh, somewhere in that range. Uh, he uses P. Ryan way too much. Way too much. Like Samaj Piran should not 
getting this much love in an offense with Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and C.J. Uzama. Like, he just gets way too much attention. Um, it, we, we've seen him overuse Samaj Pirine, uh, and for whatever reason, it's just one of those guys that there's always a weird dude who scores a touchdown. I think it'll be Samaj Pirine uh, holding up a football in the end zone. Uh, in his Super Bowl, something he never thought he would ever do growing up because his name is Samaj. Uh, I kid, but no, really. Anyway, so uh, that's where we are for Super Bowl 56. Coming up next, Sam Paniotovic of Nesson and Fox will join us. We'll break down the game from a side total and prop perspective. And I'll also finish up my best bets for the end of the show. Appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us here on Point Spread Saturday. Thanks for watching and listening to VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. You know that VSEN is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game, and right now you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. The digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, tips from our experts. Visit VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. Welcome back in to Point Spread Saturday. I'm Mark Zinno with you till 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for spending your Saturday morning with us. And uh, I can fully attest to the Big Game Betting Guide, folks. It is absolutely worth your time uh, and your investment. It is a fantastic product put together by some of the best experts that we have here at VSIN and certainly worth it if you're about to make a wager, side total prop, whatever it may be. Gives you some of the best value, best breakdowns of everything that you need. So certainly worth taking a look at before you place a wager. Uh, we will get to uh, Super Bowl 56 again coming up here in a few moments. Uh, Sam Paniotovic of Nesson and Fox will join us. Uh, one of the better handicappers I know out there. He's got a ton of information. Really, really smart guy. Uh, he's going to join us here in a little more than 10 minutes. I do want to get back to college hoops here first. And I'll give you my, my plays for the day. And then we'll play a little game of which ticket would you rather be holding. That is coming up here. Uh, let's start with the number one team in the nation today, Auburn. Uh, at Stedman Coliseum in Athens, taking on the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Auburn laying a hefty number of 16 points and a total of 153. Uh, 16 points is a lot to lay. Uh, there's always a propensity with a backdoor cover. Going to stay away from the side on this one, but I will look at the total and play the over because Auburn has scored at least 80 in eight of their last nine. The only time that they didn't 
was the right after they got the number one ranking, they played this weird defensive slugfest against Missouri at Missouri in a game that was really, really ugly that I was clearly on the wrong side of. That's why I remember it so well. Um, you know, you always remember the bad beats. Anyway, uh, but I like the over here. They've scored 18, at least eight of the last nine. UGA's 329th in America in scoring defense. They give up 77 points per game. That is really bad when you have a team that averages 80 points per game versus a team that gives up 77. Much similar to what we saw in the Auburn-Alabama game. Alabama's defense is bad. They give up over 70 points a game, and Auburn put up 100 in regulation against Alabama. The last three games, however, for Georgia, their offense isn't good, but the last three games, they've averaged 77 points per game. The first meeting between these two teams, it was an 83-60 to victory for Auburn. I think you'll see Auburn do the same thing. They'll get to the mid-80s in this thing, but I'm expecting Georgia's defense, uh, offense rather, to be a little bit more competent this time around and be able to get to 70. Um, Auburn is 13-9 to the over this year. They're 5-1 and one to the over with a rest advantage. They do have one day extra rest than Georgia does. So I'm going to take the over uh, for the number one team in the nation, over 153 here for Auburn against Georgia. Uh, another Big 12 matchup, that two of them today that really got my eyes on. Number eight, Baylor at number 10, Kansas. Kansas laying two and a half. Oh, by the way, let me back up real quick. Sorry, I would look at Auburn in the first half to lay, lay the points if they can jump out to a big lead. I don't think it's a bad bet either. Sorry to get ahead of myself, but I forgot about that. Um, Auburn in the first half minus the points might not be a bad bet if you're at eight, eight and a half. Uh, I think that's certainly a much more attainable thing than being backdoored at the end when they start pulling their starters. Anyway, sorry, back to the Big 12. Baylor and Kansas. Kansas laying two and a half and a total of 147. Uh, I feel very, you know, like public, you know, square better guy here taking another over. But I've kind of held to this maxim this year that's really worked out well. When you get two really high scoring teams, don't fight it. Don't try to look for something that isn't there. Teams that want to get out and run will get out and run. It plays to their strengths. And I think that's exactly what Baylor and Kansas are going to do today. I'm going to take over 147 to the best shooting teams in America. Kansas, number eight at 49 percent. Baylor, number 20 at 48 percent. Baylor is number 22, uh, however, in defensive points per game allowed at 61. So it's a little bit of a pause on the over for me. But the game script, I think, could be very familiar to what we just saw Kansas play against Kentucky, where they sort of got dominated um, defensively, and they're only able to put up 60-plus points. I think 61, I think 80 to 61 was the final, if I remember correctly. I could see that game script coming out, but I don't think it'll happen to Kansas two times in three games. Uh, I, I think, again, with a conference game, it's a little bit different. Uh, these teams have some familiarity with each other, and Kansas wants to play fast. It, it, it benefits them. They're home um, where they're very comfortable and they can score more points. I also would look at this as a very good live bet situation, um, given where this game is from a side and a total perspective. Maybe you don't make a bet pregame, but you wait in-game to see how it goes uh, and live bet this thing. If it starts out slow and that total comes down, I could totally see these teams' offense ramping up, especially in the second half, uh, if you get that slow start that you're not looking for. But if you're good about the over in this spot, again, I'm not going to fight these two teams that score in the high 70s uh, on a routine basis to think that they can't get to 147. So I'll take the over there. Staying in the Big 12, number 20, Iowa State at number 23, Texas. Texas laying eight and a half and a total of 121 and a half, a minuscule total. Um, Texas is the best defense in America. We talked before about that with uh, Jimmy Patsos last hour. They give up just 55 points per game. They only allow teams to shoot 40% from the field against them. This is a very good defensive squad. Chris Beard has done an amazing job on the defensive end for this team. I just think it's too many points 
for a Texas team to be laying with an offense that frankly isn't that special. ISU won the first matchup 79 to 70. And again, I really looked at that that low total and said, God, I want to take the over. But I'm going to stay away from it because Texas does have lockdown capability. And Iowa State's defense is very, very good. And the other part about the over that scares me a little bit is Iowa State has this offense that, you know, just sputters at times. Like it just flat out sputters. Uh, and it's, it's, it's I go back to the game against Missouri. Missouri is a bad defensive team. And the first half of that game, I think Iowa State was only leading by two. Um, so they have these stretches, Iowa State offensively, that sort of unnerve me a little bit. But over the course of a 40-minute game, I believe they can keep this closer than the 8.5. UT is 9-13 and 13 against the number this season and just 7-7 seven and seven against the number at home. ISU, however, 8-3 and three against the spread as a dog. Getting this many points, I just think it's a lot. I'm going to back the Cyclones here and take Iowa State getting – Eight and a half points. Don't know if they'll win the game. Probably don't think that they will because Texas will clearly have revenge on their minds. But uh, I think it'll be a much tighter game than eight and a half points. So uh, I'm going with Iowa State. And then finally, Michigan State at Rutgers. Talk with Coach Passos about this. Michigan State laying two points on the road. This just seems like a really fishy line to me. Uh, it's Rutgers or nothing for me. It's a very short number. This is a Rutgers team that's lost to Minnesota, Maryland, and Northwestern and only beat Nebraska by two. Those are the dregs of the Big Ten at this point in time. Rutgers isn't very good, and they struggle on the offensive end. Why Michigan is only laying two points in here just raises a red flag to me. Looks like a look-ahead spot possibly for Michigan State as they take on number 11, Wisconsin. Coming up, um, I, I, it's totally feasible that Michigan State could blow out Rutgers. This isn't like a you know a two-unit special here or anything like that. Probably a half-unit play for me at best. That's it. Just call it a feeling and just a fishy line that makes me raise my mind that Rutgers probably could keep this thing closer or even win it outright. Um, in a spot where, as Coach Patchos said earlier, Jimmy Patchos, who joined us last hour, kind of a must-win spot for Rutgers to keep their tournament hopes alive. If they lose this one, they'll probably have way too many bad losses on their resume to get themselves into the NCAA tournament. So uh, they're fighting for the lives, think they know it, and sort of like Rutgers here, getting two points at home. Probably even worth taking them on the money line, depending on what that looks like there. As you see, plus 125 might not be a bad bet either. Okay, let's shift gears here and stay with college basketball, but play a little bit of a game. Um, which of these pairs would you rather have? Which ticket would you rather have in your pocket? And, and guys, we'll start on the high side here. Uh, at 35 to 1, you're looking at Alabama or Michigan State. Alabama 35 to 1, Michigan State 35 to 1 to win it all. Which ticket would you rather have? And I'm going to take Michigan State. Again, Alabama has defensive problems. I know their offense is really good and they play fast. Uh, and, and, and Coach Patch has talked before about, you know, having a good offense. But when your defense is that bad, it's just hard to believe that for six consecutive games, your offense is going to play numbers and you're going to be able to score at that rate when you run into a good defensive team and your offense is that bad. Because all you really, when your defense is that bad, all you really have to do is run into a mediocre offense. And all of a sudden they become a very good offense. And if you're off shooting slightly or you have a bad stretch, it could mean a game for you. So I'll, I'll stay with Michigan State there on that ticket. Uh, which ticket would you rather hold at 30 to 1? Texas Tech or Houston? Now, I've been a big fan of Texas Tech. We've talked a lot about them on the show. I've been betting them fairly routinely this year. I'm kind of, you know, getting sick of betting Texas Tech. Uh, but Houston, to me, is a Final Four team. They have Final Four capability. I would back Houston. If I had a ticket, I'd rather have Houston at 30 to 1. This is a team that is very good on both ends of the floor. They're extremely high scoring. Um, and yes, they play in Conference USA, and it's a, it's a little bit different level of competition, but that shouldn't scare anybody. We, we've seen plenty of other mid-major programs 
on Power 5 teams make deep runs into the tournament. Uh, at 12-1, to 1, what would you rather have, Baylor or Kentucky? I'd rather have Baylor. I know it's easy to go with Kentucky as a blue blood program and everything else, but the Big 12 is the most battle-tested conference in college hoops this year, uh, and they are well-fit, and you'll see this matchup today against Kansas again. Uh, they, they are well-equipped to be able to play on both ends of the floor uh, and be able to handle teams for 40 minutes. I like Baylor in that spot right there. And then one more real quick, Duke or Purdue at 10-1. to 1. How can you not back Purdue's offense? I'd take the Boilermakers there. So uh, just a little bit of a fun game there teams that are going to likely win it all. Coming up next, speaking of winning it all, we'll get back to Super Bowl 56. Sam Paniotovic of Nesson Fox will join us break side. Total prop Super Bowl 56 next here on Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the sports betting network. VEASAN has a great new offer for you that can only be described as madness. You get VEASAN, all access to everything we do from now through College Basketball's Championship on April 4th for only $29. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit VEASAN.com madness to sign up today. Welcome back into Point Spread Saturday. I'm Mark Zinno. Thanks for watching and listening to VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And we keep our focus right now on Super Bowl 56. Welcome in to the show. Host of the Chicken Dinner Podcast. Followed on Twitter at ChickenXDinner. And follow him on Twitter at SPShoot. It is Sam Paniotovic of Nesson and Fox joining us here on Point Spread Saturday. Sammy, good morning and welcome, brother. Good morning to you, Mark. Happy Saturday. You know, I spent... Probably the last 36 hours, looking at about 700 props for the Super Bowl. I'm overloaded big time, but uh, you know it's like a national holiday for us in the business when the Westgate comes out with that packet. 30 pages only, only 30 pages of props. I think they have like 440 there, but if you go across the country and look at all these props, if you really wanted to, you could find like 12, 1300, and your eyes just start your eyes start going when you start looking at that many. <laughs> well, I do want to get the props and I want to get the one that we did last year because you had such a great handicap on it. But before we get to the props, quick breakdown of the side and the total here. I understand why the money came in on the Rams and, and why that total, uh, that side rather moved to four and a half. The Bengals margin of victory coming into this thing. You could argue that they could have lost all three of their games on their way here. Um, do you have a feel at this point in time on this side? I'm leaning towards the Bengals getting the four and a half. On the side, I haven't really made any position. Um, I'll tell you what, I did write a story the other day. I talked to a professional better who lives in Vegas who said that he was happy to lay three and a half and then some four when this thing opened up. And, and that's strictly because of a, a power ratings edge he believes he has. Now, you know, his numbers, he's got the Rams five and a half points better, and that's on a neutral field. Obviously, you add in a little bit for home field, and then depending on who you ask, home field is 1.5, 1.8, 2.0. I mean, I think we all understand it's no longer three points, but this guy who bets for a living and does very well, he said his true number is probably Rams minus six and a half or seven. Um, so he was very surprised and, and very happy when he saw three and a half on the open. So he laid that and then laid a little bit of four. Um, but I, I mean, man, dude. 
Burrow just like I feel like they're almost better when they go down. You know, we've seen them down twenty-one to three. We've seen them down twenty to seven. We've seen them down so much in the last six weeks where it's almost like they're not even excited to go or, or ready to go until they get punched in the face, and then and then it's hard to hold them down when they're coming from behind. A lot of defenses go into sort of that that shell, and it allows them to sort of pick off and. And catch up, but I, I didn't make a position on the side. I like the total more, but I do know yeah. a guy or two that were that were very very excited to uh, to lay some early money with with the Rams at, at three and four. And and as you've seen, you know, there's, there's going to be respected money the other way, taking four and a half down back down to four. So uh, I think four and a half is a really good number right now. It's getting good two way action. But I, these Super Bowl sides, man, these are the tightest lines of the season. They're so tight. They're very very accurate and. I don't think I have an edge, but that's that's just my opinion. Well, to that end, let's, the total has been bet down from the open. Uh, some sharp bettors came in and took the under. Cincinnati has won all three of their games that have gone under the total. I was saying earlier, I don't see a game script where Cincinnati wins an over. I could see a game script where the Rams win an under, but I don't know that I could see a game script where Cincinnati can win the over. Uh, and just for the reasons you mentioned before about the Rams being probably a more complete team, uh, and, and from that standpoint, I do like the under. But, you know, is is there a way that that you think Cincinnati could actually help push this total over and win this thing? Well, I mean, there's always there's always a, a possibility for anything to happen in a Super Bowl. I mean, you sure. know, it is just one island game. Uh, but I, I was very, uh, very fortunate. You know, when this thing opened up, we had a couple outs that were at 50. I never got the 51 or the 50 and a half, but the, the, the highest number that I was ever able to go under was 50-5-0 and, and did a little bit of that. Um, I also have some first half under 24, lay a little bit of juice on that. And then this has been one of my favorite bets for about a decade now, Mark, is going to that first quarter uh, under. And, and that number right now is about nine and a half. Um, I really started doing it. Uh, in the second swing of Patriots Super Bowls when everybody wanted to bet the Patriots over when they had really good offenses and a lot of weapons, but they could just never score points in the first quarter. I think if you go back and you look at Brady's like first six or seven Super Bowls, they didn't have a single point in the first quarter. So that was a very nice angle for years, and I think that's just something that I've been prone to, to look at no matter what. So, uh, yeah, I'm under 50 in the game. I think these defensive lines are, are both very good. The Rams gets more hype because of their their players like Aaron Donald and company, but the Bengals have a very good defensive line as well. Um, and, and I think you know playing that down, you go down the page, you go not only from the game under fifty, but under twenty four in the first half. And you know this could very very easily be like seven nothing, six to three, six nothing, three to three. I mean those are all very likely and very realistic combinations. And anybody that you talk to that played in a Super Bowl, you know, winner or loser, they tell you it's like they can't hear themselves think in that first quarter. And then the emotions are so high. The jitters are real. They play that anthem. 150 million people are watching the game. It's just there's a lot of pressure on those first couple drives. And I think it's easier for the defenses to settle in before the offenses do. So, yeah, I'm, I'm paying it under in a couple different ways. 
game, first half, and first quarter. So I don't want 21 nothing in the first quarter. Please don't give me that. I don't want that. <laughs> All right. Uh, I know you've digested a, a couple of hundred props, uh, if not a thousand at this point in time. I, I just want to bring this up because it was such a great call last year and I tailed you on it. But I remember you and I did a show together last year for a podcast that I was hosting and uh, you gave me the the no touchback on the opening kickoff. It was plus 275 and, and it hit. It was just incredibly well researched and handicapped. I don't know if you're playing it again. But it, that was an example of one of those props that you found among the 1,200 that you've gone through. Uh, is that something you're looking at again? Yeah, but did you see the price this year? Holy crap, they knocked it down to like plus 150. I, I think one book is at plus 135. They're, they're on to me, man. The block is hot, you know. The sportsbooks, they're catching on. Now, I'll give full credit. You know, I remember we talked about this on your show. But uh, my brother's a big listener to the Pat McAfee show. And McAfee kicked off in the Super Bowl back in 09, I think, when the Saints played yeah. the Colts. And he told this hilarious story about how he was ready to drill this ball out of the stadium. You know, he was all amped up. It's the beginning of the Super Bowl. And he took his, you know, two, three steps and wound up and almost broke his foot because that's how hard the ball is. The, the kickoff ball for the Super Bowl, you know, it's unlike any other ball in the season where it comes straight out of the box. And they put it on a tee, and once it gets kicked and the play's over, they take the ball and they send it to the Hall of Fame in Kansas. So it's not like a usual kickball where you can sort of, like, screw with it. Like, you could kick it, you could throw it against the wall, you can loosen it up. These balls come straight out of the box. So McAvee said it's like kicking a freaking brick. And I just – I never forgot that. And if you watch some of these guys with big legs, even last year, um, the the kid for I think the Chiefs kid kicked it off Harrison Butker and he's got a big leg man like that that's a guy that can that can kick it far he he couldn't even get it two three yards deep and and I think that's sort of becoming more and more mainstream now because if you look at the the track record it's it's come out of the end zone nine of the last eleven Super Bowls but the problem with that is once you have success in a prop like this the bookmakers are going to go all right we're not going to give you two seventy anymore or two thirty anymore. We're going to knock it down to plus 150 or plus 135. So they're catching up, but I still think at plus money, this is a plus EV bet, even though we don't get what we used to get uh, with a much bigger price. Uh, real quick, Sam, we got about a minute left. Uh, any other props that you've got your eyes on at this point in time? Yeah, I still think longest touchdown is a good bet. You know, they're, they're kind of on to me on that one. It's down to 42 and a half. Uh, that's yardage on the longest touchdown. Assuming we don't get a Jamar Chase 50-yard touchdown or a punt or a kick return, I still think this is a very good bet. And I'll tell you what, man, the wise guys are shorting the hell out of Cam Akers. Uh, the Westgate opened his rushing yardage prop at 68.5. It's on to 59.5 at the Westgate. Some other books are like 63.5, 62.5, but there's a world where the Rams don't run the ball all that much because they're not a power run team. They haven't been since Todd Gurley left, and this is Matthew Stafford's game. He might throw the ball 35, 40 times. So you look at the way that that market is moving on Acres. That's respected money, like eight, nine days before the game, shorting Cam Acres from 68 and a half down to 60 and a half, 59 and a half. That's very, very telling at this point in time. Follow him on Twitter at SP Shoot. Check out his podcast, Chicken Dinner at Chicken X Dinner on Twitter. As well, Sam Paniotovich, Nesson, Fox. Thanks so much for the time. As always, brother, you're the best. All right. Good luck, bud. All right. Uh, come back. 
wrap things up here, give you my bets for today. And on the Super Bowl, more to come on Point Spread Saturday on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Do you have questions about betting the Super Bowl? Wondering about how to hedge? Or maybe you're looking for an unusual prop or insights from one of our hosts? The VEASAN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl, and it could be answered by our experts on air on VEASAN.com. Final segment here of Point Spread Saturday on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Mark Zeno. Appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zeno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. As I'll run down real quickly everything that I have uh, lined up for uh, today on the slate and just give you the one prop that I have already set up for Super Bowl 56. Uh, let's start in the NBA. Not a great NBA slate uh, this afternoon into this evening uh, as far as the games that are available. But there is some places where uh, I'm going to put my money. But I, I say this is always with the NBA. You got to make sure you know who's playing. You got to wait to get to the window. Uh, there's just way too many questions and variables about who's playing and who isn't and who's healthy and who's not. Uh, so it's really tough to place a wager earlier in the day, but here's where I'm leaning at this point in time, Miami at Charlotte, uh, Miami laying three and a half. I'm going to back them here. The Hornets are on a back to back. I just have kind of this steadfast feeling about not betting on teams on the tail end of a back to back. It's just, a, I, I don't think it's a very good recipe for success in the NBA. You don't know who's going to be playing and who's not, who's going to get a night off and things of that nature. Um, plus it's really hard for teams to be competent on the tail end of back to backs. Um, Charlotte is three and six against the spread on back-to-backs four and six against the number against teams in the division. Jimmy Butler expected to play for Miami has been bitten by the injury bug. As long as he's in the lineup, I'll lay the three and a half with the Miami heat Knicks and Lakers uh, in a primetime matchup tonight from Los Angeles. I'm going under two thirteen and a half. No Derek Rose for the Knicks, no LeBron James, no Carmelo Anthony for the Lakers. Uh, Anthony Davis will play, or at least he's expected to play at this point in time. Knicks have a very good defense. Uh, they don't have a very good offense, not very competent on that end. I have a hard time believing both these teams are going to get to 100, um, let alone get to 107 in that in that range. Uh, I, it's just not a, a, a game script I see playing out um, between both of these teams. The Knicks are eight and two against the number uh, with two or three days off. And, and if they're on the right side of this thing, that means their defense is playing better 
uh, or at least having a good game. And that's enough for me to take the under 213 and a half. Memphis and Orlando. Uh, John Morant, questionable day to day. As long as he plays, I'll lay the seven and a half with Memphis. They've won four or five straight up. They've covered four or five. They're 18 and eight against the number on the road this year. Uh, and they're covering 69% of their games against non division opponents. Orlando is not a very good team. They're not a very good offensive team. They're certainly not a very good defensive team. One of the worst in the NBA. Uh, I don't have a lot of reservations if John Morant is playing and he's fully healthy in, in laying the seven and a half with the Memphis Grizzlies. Mount Phoenix and Washington. Uh, the Suns are laying seven and a half uh, in a game against the Wizards, a total of 222 and a hook. Now, both of these teams are top 10 in field goal percentage. However, the Wizards are not a very good offensive scoring team. They're good at shooting, just not scoring, if that makes any sense. Kind of a letdown spot here for Phoenix. They had their 11-game win streak snapped on Thursday night in a high-scoring affair against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, you know, kind of just one of those spots where, hey, you know, you're on the road again, may get some rest against a lesser team for some of these guys, so you got to see who's playing. Phoenix this year, 10-12 and 12 against the number when laying 7.5 points or more. Just a lot of points for them to lay on the road. I know the Wizards won at Bradley Beal. He's going to be out tonight, so it's tough to really back them. I don't think they'll win this game. They could keep it close. Also like the under here at 222.5. Uh, don't expect it to be a very high scoring game. It's, it seems like that kind of night in that letdown spot for Phoenix where they just don't have their sharpest game uh, and, they, and they won't get to 110. Uh, again, Washington doesn't score a ton of points either. They may not even have to get to 110 Phoenix to win this game, but I'll back Washington and uh, and and take the under. I mentioned earlier as well in the NBA, interesting matchup between Oklahoma City and Sacramento in Sacramento. Oklahoma City, the best cover team in the league, covering 65% of their games. Sacramento, one of the worst cover teams in the league. Possibly some value there as well. Let me turn my attention to college basketball. Four games that I'm looking at today. Number one, Auburn at UGA. Uh, I'm going to go over 153. Auburn's got to 80 in eight of their last nine matchups. UGA's defense, 329th in America. It's really, really bad. UGA in the first matchup against Auburn lost 83 to 60. Again, I fully expect Auburn to get back to 80 again against this bad defense. But Auburn's uh, UGA's offense rather has averaged 77 points over the last three games. They started to get right offensively a little bit here. I think they can get to 70. You give me Auburn at 80 and UGA at 70. There's the math that'll get me over. 153. Um, Auburn is 13 and nine to the over this year and five and one to the over with a rest advantage. They've got one more day extra rest than UGA does. Uh, two big matchups in the Big 12. Number eight, Baylor. Number 10, Kansas. Playing the over here again. Yeah, it feels a little bit square, but I've kind of just been going down the road. When you have these two high scoring teams, I'm not going to try to fight it and not overthink it. Think long, think wrong in this sense from the standpoint of they want to be offensive. They want to get out and run. I think it's what both teams feel comfortable doing. Uh, and from asking both these teams to get to 75, I don't think it's a big stretch offensively. Um, they're two of the best shooting teams in America. Kansas, number eight at 49%. Baylor, number 20 at 48%. I think this is a good live bet situation, especially if the game starts out slow and that total comes down, you know, into the low 140s. You could possibly go buy an in-game and bet it live and get to over to the total. So if you don't like the whole number at the beginning, Wait and see how the game plays out uh, and live bet the thing as well. Uh, the other big 12 matchup, number 20, Iowa State, and number 23, Texas. Texas laying eight and a half. I'm going to back the Cyclones here. I just don't think that Texas's offense is good enough to cover eight and a half against a good defensive team 
like Iowa State. The reason this number is so big is because Texas is the best defense in the country. Iowa State's offense sputters a lot, uh, and, and I understand that, and I get that. I would expect the defensive battle, and this total set at a very low 121 and a half. Uh, but again, too many points for me to lay with the Texas offense that, again, isn't all that special. Now, could this game end up 65-55? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But uh, I'm just going to I'm, I'm going to trust the fact that the Cyclones here who beat Texas already 79 to 70 earlier this year uh, will have enough firepower to keep this thing within eight, eight and a half points. <laughs> Michigan State at Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers only getting two points. This just seems like a fishy line to me. Uh, as I said earlier, Rutgers sort of fighting for their NCAA tournament lives here. Another loss in conference may put them in a really bad spot. This number feels like it should be a lot more than two. Michigan State has a much better offense than Rutgers, whose offense is really bad. Although Rutgers has a slightly better defense than Michigan State, just feels like I feel like this number should be in the four, four and a half range, and it's not. It's a fishy line for me. Uh, Michigan State in a look-ahead spot as they're going to take on Wisconsin. Coming up next, number 11, Wisconsin, in a big-time matchup between these two Big Ten powerhouses. So, um, uh, again, just a, a number that I wouldn't back Michigan State on. Uh, I'd almost feel better if it was a higher number and, and feel more like, okay, the Osmakers are telling you they're clearly a better team, and they are clearly a better team, but the fact that this is only a one-possession line here, it's a very short number, uh, makes me lean on Rutgers in this spot. Not a big play, not a large play, just one where I look at it and go, yeah, this sort of favors uh, Rutgers in this spot. So those are the basketball plays that I'm on today. Again, haven't made any official Super Bowl bets yet, but I have made one prop bet that I am on. Uh, and I am going to take the over 11 and a half yards for Joe Burrow's rushing prop. Cleared this in one run last week. You go back two weeks ago, he took nine sacks against Tennessee. You know what he realized against Kansas City? I don't have to take sacks. I can pull the ball down and just run and help my team, which is why Kansas City only had one sack in the entire game. This is a bad Cincinnati, Cincinnati offensive line. The Rams have a very good defensive front. In fact, the Rams defensive front is better than Kansas City's. I expect him to be in the backfield a lot. I think Joe Burrow is smart enough now to know that he can take the ball down and run, especially on third downs and passing situations. This is a very low total. It was five and a half in the game against Kansas City, as I mentioned, clearly surpassed that. I think he'll do it again. I get why it's not in the 20s, which is where I think he'll end up for the game. Um, I was expecting the number to be in the high teens. It's only at 11. Uh, again, given what, what he took off and the fact that his offensive line is so bad and they're going to be in the backfield a lot, if Joe Burrow takes nine sacks this time, they are not winning this game. And, and I think Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow know that, that either he's got to get rid of the ball or he's got to take off and run. And Burrow, to this point, I, I think he's shown us that he knows what to do with football. Uh, and I don't think you're going to see him just chucking it out of bounds and throwing it away all that much. So he will take off and run. I've already got a bet in Joe Burrow over 11 and a half rushing yards, the only prop that I've got to this point. But again, we talked with Sam Paniotovich earlier, some other really valuable props out there. Cam Akers uh, under being bet down sharply, you know, longest touchdown go under that number and as well, uh, no touchback on the kickoff. So there are a lot of valuable props out there next week. Everything on Super Bowl 56, a heck of a lot more. Appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with me here. Again, follow me on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Thank you as always for making Point Spread Saturday part of your Saturday morning routine. Best of luck with all of your bets today. And we look forward to seeing you next week right here on Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Have a great Saturday afternoon. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.